The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. As a child, Ontario Green was surrounded by drugs, violence, prostitution, and murder. Here I am, this young man that should be a statistic, should be gone to prison, that should be involved with gangs, that should be shooting people, that should be the product of his environment like his mother was, and like his father that he never knew. But here comes Jesus in my life, and his transforming love just totally messed me up to the point to where I wanted to live for him and I wanted to serve him. Next on Life Today. Thank you, and thank you for giving us an opportunity to share life today with you. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have one of the associate pastors of uh, uh, the Potter's House, where Bishop T.D. Jakes is pastor. And, and, you know, I count it one of the honors in my life that I was uh, able to be the uh, very first one to help dedicate that incredible Potter's House and lead the uh, inaugural prayer, they called it, and be there with them and have been Dr. Jakes, uh, Bishop Jakes' friend for a long time. Ontario Green is just a, a, an incredible story. Is uh, Think about this. A mother who was a prostitute actually was here with us a few uh, months back uh, on Life Today. She uh, carrying her little baby boy around while she's turning tricks. And you say, what would that do to that kid? Well, why don't we ask him? This is Ontario Green, Karen Green's son, now a pastor at Potter's House. Would you welcome Ontario to Life Today? Ontario, good to see you, buddy. So honored to be here. We enjoyed having your mom here. Uh, you got a lot of ground to cover. Now, I want you to just tell me about uh, your mom's doing some things that, uh, you know, would not meet with ready approval. You were a little baby. Right. And you actually were out with her when she was turning tricks and trying to make a living or whatever. Right. Uh, to what age did you, 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 do you knew what was going on as a little boy and as you got older? Uh, I think I started picking up on it once I got into grade school and, um, started to figure out what was really happening behind the scenes, what my mom was really trying to shield me from and keep me from seeing from time to time. And uh, once I picked up on it, uh, that's when life as I knew it really changed for me. I was an average kid just like any other kid, grew up with dreams and aspirations of doing some great things. I wanted to be a firefighter. I wanted to do some, <laughs> you know, great things when I grew up. And um, soon and very soon I, I figured out that, uh, that I wasn't the same as the rest of the kids that I was going to school with. Uh, the reason being is because um, I went to 16 different elementary schools, uh, constantly changed school systems, constantly changing housing situations, constantly changing the people and the environments that I was in. Was it because your mother couldn't afford to pay the rent or because she was pushed out? What was causing all the movement or were you put with different people? Well, it was a little bit of everything you just said. Um, you, well, we had a lot of people in our lives that cared, cared about my mom and cared about me. So everybody extended a hand to try to help, from cousins to second cousins to third cousins. Uh, I've met just about every single one of my family members in a very personable way. I've lived with a lot of them. I've lived with family, friends, um, all types of people um, when times just got hard, when mom couldn't uh, find somewhere for us to be. Um, we've even lived in hotels or motels uh, at times because we just didn't have anywhere to stay. Um, I even remember living in the Salvation Army here in the Dallas area mm -hmm. for months at a time and eating cereal with, with water because they ran mm -hmm. out of milk. So mm -hmm. I'll never forget that and uh, spent a good, about a month there. 
Um, so I've seen a lot of different changes as a child, and uh, that, that, with that being said, it, it created a lot of instability in my educational patterns. So uh, when all the other kids were learning their reading, writing, arithmetic, mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't uh, because it was tough for me to focus on what was going on because I was constantly changing environments. It was really tough for me. So really, you, really you would have been at a very low-end reader. Did you even look back and think you couldn't really read at all? Well, um, the truth is is that a lot of these teachers were being sympathetic and uh, they, they just felt bad for me at times and a lot of them were familiar with my situation. So a lot of them would pass me on because they just wanted to, to see the best for me. Mm. But in trying to help me, some of them actually hurt me because... And they, they weren't intending to. They weren't I don't intending I ever to. believe any of them wanted to. I don't they either. were trying to say, well, look, he's got it tough enough, mm. so we don't want to hold him back here. You just, we got a lot to weep over when we see what people are dealing with. That's right. And I think probably, just like you said, your family, your cousins, everybody was trying to help and maybe their intention was not the best end. That's right. But you even said something to us when we were talking before we actually came on the air. You said that you honestly believed that your mother was not just trying to be a, a prostitute or turn trick. She had a drug problem. That's right. But she was also trying to take care of her little boy. Is that right? That's right. You know, um, you know, focusing on the on the on the branches on the tree uh, would be to say, you know, she was a prostitute. But focusing on the root cause is she grew up just like I grew up without without the proper upbringing, without the the right home system to make sure that she learned the things that she needed to learn to be a good mother, to be able to have the education, to be able to get jobs and things of that nature. And most of you, think you guys know from talking to my mom, she she had a sixth grade education. So it's really hard for a woman with a sixth grade education to get a quality job to be able to take care of a child. So you knew she was doing her best. To she try was to doing take her care. best. Yeah. Is that and how you saw it? I, I, I saw the entire time that way that she was just doing her best to take care of us. And at times, it made me grow up a lot faster because I felt like I needed to take some initiative at times and be tough. If I'm hungry, I don't need to say I'm all that hungry. Uh, I need to share what I have with my mom because I know she'll let me eat everything and she'll starve. So it, it created a great sense of responsibility in me that I didn't know uh, was something that God would use later in my life uh, for his glory. So, Were you ever tempted to get into the drugs and that kind of stuff or were you turned off by what you were seeing? You know, uh, I see in most situations like that, um, most people will do one or two things. They will become exactly like their environment mm -hmm. or they will become polar opposite of their environment. Um, even before I found Christ, I was never really tempted with the street life um, to, to be engaged in it long term, to, to want to, to be on drugs or to live in that life. Um, I saw the pain that it brought my mom. I saw the agony that she would have from night to night. Um, I saw the instability. I saw my friends who had parents who would be there for them all the time. And, and I just made up in my mind at a very young age that I don't want to be this way. I want to have something in my life. I want to do something. I want my name to mean something. I, I want to build a legacy. I, and I started thinking about this at a very young age. Mm -hmm. You know, you said the best thing happened to your mother was you went to jail. That's right. That's right. When I was about 13 years of age, my mom um, finally, um, she violated her probation and she went to jail and um, they, they kept her for almost two years. And uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to her. While she was in prison, she heard something from Bishop Jakes via satellite, um, Woman Thou Art Loose was going on. and. She got wind of it while she was in prison. Woman thou art loosed. Woman thou art loosed. Everybody can be loosed. That's right. Freed. That's right, no matter where you are. 
and my mom was uh, was incarcerated, locked behind bars, and found herself more freer mm -hmm. than she ever found herself when she was outside. Mm -hmm. So her life was being dramatically changed and transformed, and she's being renewed. And while she was going through that, and, and life was great for her, uh, transforming my life. Um, was as worse as it could be because mm -hmm. I was left with a family friend that was in worse position than she was in, than my mm -hmm. mom was in. And uh, there I was exposed to a lot of things while I was in middle school, I was exposed to a lot of fast-paced living, um, uh, stealing from stores. I remember stealing shoes from the mall, baby shoes, to come across the street and sell them to the people that were in the apartments just so I could have money, so I could get shoes and clothes for myself. Um, I began to engage in lifestyles like that and do things of that nature um, because she had two sons that were a little older than me and uh, they became my role models in life because I didn't have a father mm -hmm. and, I, and I didn't know my father at that point. So uh, they became kind of a brotherly father figure in my life and I followed their lead and everything they did, I did. Where they went, I went. When they ate, I ate. And what they wore, I wore. So my life was just falling apart. And uh, I remember witnessing uh, a murder um, one night when I was up late at night. It was 2 in the morning, and we were outside uh, um, playing dominoes on a table. And a guy ran by wearing red, another guy behind him wearing blue, and shots were fired. I froze because I was afraid, and the man fell between the car and a, and a ditch, and the guy walked up to him and unloaded his gun on, on him. And, and I was probably about 10 or 15 feet away from this, and it totally traumatized my, 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 my sure. poor little mind as a young man. And uh, that day, I made up in my mind that I'd never join a gang, because if this is what Colors is about, then this is not what I want to be about as a young man. So when my mom got wind of that, she heard about it, and uh, she sent she sent me she she sent the letter, and she got me moved from there to another family member that was a bit more spiritual, and uh, stayed with her for a short amount of time until my mom got out of prison. When she got out of prison, she was determined. Now I'd seen my mom go to prison before, and when she was in prison, she would get out, she'd do something crazy, and go back. So I was used to the cycle. Well, this time she got out, and she was really focused on keeping me focused and doing something with my life. At this point, I had failed the ninth grade. Um, my first year, uh, I had uh, I'd gotten behind on my credits, so it was really bad. So I'm going into my, my summer. I was 15 years of age, and my mom began to drag me to the Potter's house. I tell people all the time, I started with a drug mom, and I ended with a drug mom. She drugged me <laughs> by my left ear and made me listen to Bishop Jakes, and I would fall asleep on Mr. Get Ready, Get Ready, Get Ready. Yeah. Imagine that. And she forced me to go over to the youth ministry, and then when I heard they had some pretty girls over there, I said, ah, we'll, we'll go check it out. We'll go survey the scene. Sure. So I go over with the wrong intention, intentions and... Uh, um, it was a rainy night, July 7th, 1999, and it seemed like all the girls that I wanted to talk to weren't there. The crowd was half full because of the weather, and they made all the people in the back move to the front. I sit on the front row. I'm frustrated. I don't understand why they're making me do this. And the preacher gets up and, and speaks a message about the prodigal son, and then a mime followed it, a creative arts piece. And my heart was broken for the very first time for Jesus Christ. And, and I finally could see the, the, the saving power that saved my mom, saved me. And I was finally open to it and I was exposed to it. And the thing that saved me was not the religious stuff or any of that kind of, not the great song. What saved me was the fact that this father still loved this son despite who he was. Mm. And I felt like in God's eyes at, my time, at that time in my life that I was despicable because I was coming to talk to girls. But when I figured out that he loved unconditionally, even though you're wrong, it messed me up and ruined me for life. 
And I was radically saved and born again that day. And from that day, I said, I'm going to do something with my life. I go back to school, and now I'm focused. I'm in the ninth grade again, but I go and tell the teacher uh, that I don't know how to read on a comprehensible level. I'm having problems. This teacher takes me, and she teaches me after school hooked on phonics. Uh, hooked on phonics worked for me. <laughs> That's great. So she teaches me hooked on phonics in, uh, for a full semester and improves my reading fluency by three or four grade levels by the mm. end of the semester. And now I'm able to do my work faster. I'm able to focus more. I'm able to read the Bible and read about this renewed mind that I'm supposed to have and walk in. And I went from failing and being a dropout in high school to now uh, graduating top 50% of my class, uh, president of the FCA program, um, and voted most likely to succeed in the yearbook. <laughs> Just all, this, all these things happened when I allowed Jesus to come into my heart. And here I am, this young man that should be a statistic, that should be a prison, should be gone to prison, that should be involved with gangs, that should be shooting people, that should be the product of his environment like his mother was, and like his father that he never knew. But here comes Jesus in my life, and his transforming love just totally messed me up to the point to where I wanted to live for him and I wanted to serve him. And now what are you doing? So um, that passion and that fire that I received at the altar that day at the Potter's House in 1999, uh, by the way, the, the youth pastor was Pastor Chris Hill, who's been on your show. He sure has. He's the senior pastor of the Potter's House of Denver, Colorado, That's right. one of the Hi, fastest growing churches in America. Good job, Chris. Got one of your kids here. <laughs> so he stayed, he stuck with me. He stuck with me. I, he counseled with me every week, rain, sleet, or snow. Let me talk about my problems and my issues that I went through. And for 17 years, he's been coaching me, behind me, whispering in my ear, telling me what to do every step of the way, not only with ministry, but with fatherhood, with how to be a husband and a father. I got married at 19 years young. <laughs> well, and, you and, and because I, I was I was and determined. we've been married 52 years. So see, wow. it is possible. That's amazing. <laughs> I got married 19 years of age because I knew what I wanted in life. Um, my life had moved so fast already. I said, you know what? I don't have time to waste. God, if you show me who she is, I'll go, I'll go after her. I don't care what I got to drop. And I ran after her with all of my heart, might, and uh, she's beautiful and she's amazing. Uh, we've been married 13 years now and uh, have three beautiful children. That's and and uh, so God sent us to this school called Christ for the Nations here in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And an uh, interesting story, a prophet was in my apartment complex, and an uh, African guy from, from Nigeria, he hooks me by the arm. This is the most significant moment in my life where I knew God wanted to do something amazing with me. He hooks me by the arm, and he walks me up the sidewalk, and he whispers in my ear what God wants to do in my life in the next three years. He says, you're going to go to a school called Christ for the Nations. You're going to learn about youth and young adult ministry. After you graduate from there, you're going to go to the northeast region of the United States. You're going to serve a ministry there. You're going to do this. You need to pay attention to this class, this class, and this class while you're at Christ for the Nations. Don't worry about how you're going to pay. God is going to make a way. So the school gives me a full scholarship that didn't exist. Wow. They, they take care of me. They give me housing, tuition. They give my wife a job so we can have finances to take care of ourselves while I was a student at, at the school and uh, graduated with a 4.0 GPA <laughs> and uh, top of my class and uh, go right into ministry. And then finally, fast forward to, to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. We're in Kansas City, Missouri, serving at a wonderful church there, mega church there, largest multiracial church in the city. And uh, we get a call from Bishop Jakes and his staff to come back home to the Dallas area to serve on staff as their young adult pastor and their internet church pastor. So today, I serve the young adults at the Potter's House that are between the ages of 18 and 30-something, which are, some of them are here in the audience today. And uh, I have the privilege of doing what, what this church has done for me for the next generation, inspiring them, giving them hope, 
telling them that no matter what they've been through, God can still use them despite the things that they've gone through and allowing them to use their story for God's glory. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a transformation happening. We're seeing uh, an amazing thing just take place. When I got there, we had about 60 to 70 young adults. Last week, we had over 700 in our service, and we've only been there Friday for night, right? Friday, Friday night. night at so House. yes, yes. By the way, shameless plug for the Brick House. Brick House Young Adult Ministry meets every first and third Friday night <laughs> right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at the Potter's House, and we would love to see you guys. Find us on social media, and I promise you, you won't, you won't, you won't, you won't regret coming out and checking us out. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. God is doing some great things with young adults. Social media, what would they look for? Where do they go? Just Potter's House? Or, or the, no, the, the, the social media for the young adult ministry is the underscore brick underscore. And okay. that's on Twitter and Instagram. But then you can look up the brick house at the Potter's House on Facebook. And you can find us there. And uh, we'd love to connect with you if you're here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. God is doing something amazing in the hearts of young adults from all around the city. College students, married, <laughs> single, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 30-something. We want to see God use you, and we believe now is the time. And what you got is contagious, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. I want to say to thanks so much, Dr. Terry. This, this is... You know, in so many ways, our lives were similar. My mother didn't have those issues, but we were moving 17 times in 10 years. You, you, live, you live lonely, and a lot of people live that way right now. But when you, when you find Jesus, you know, here you were a little church girl, and you met a little guy that didn't have a home and didn't have anything but found Jesus, and you realized it was something bigger than church, Absolutely. bigger than religion. She wanted to know Jesus personally, like this little fatherless boy, teenager, that uh, started dating her when we were 15, and and you know we're still we're still dating. We're still <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's, it's just the it's the love of God, and it's for you, Father. I pray for everyone watching today. I, I don't I don't know what's going on in their life, but it really doesn't matter. You love them beyond it. You want to lift them out of anything that holds them. Yes, you want to give them freedom, and peace, and forgiveness, and a whole new life. In Jesus' name, I pray for everyone you're speaking to. Now listen, God has for you more in store than you can even comprehend. If you would just say, Lord Jesus, be my master. I yield my life to you, every part of it. You have your way in me. Reveal yourself to me, then through me to others, and you'll see miracles. Would you just say with us again, thanks to Ontario for this great testimony. And thanks for sharing it. Ontario, we want to show you kind of a picture, not of someone that had a life like your mom had, but someone who was trapped and sold into sexual mm. bondage. Yeah. They, they gain nothing from it. They're prisoners. I want you to just look at this over here, but here's the thing I want you to know. Now, this is no exaggeration. You absolutely hold the perfect keys to the freedom of women just like the one you're going to hear. I'm not exaggerating. You can totally set them free. We can do that together. Watch. There are a lot of things I dreamt I'd become. This was never one of them. But it's who I am now. They tell me I deserve it. They say my parents never want to see me again. I'm 
never alone here for long, but alone is all I feel. I can't keep them out because my door locks from the outside. I hear they've got my sister now. She's about the age they took me. She'll fetch a good price, like I did. Of course, they say we're worthless anyway. There's no reason to smile here, but I'm forced to. I hate this place, but it's like we were meant for each other. Filth for filth. If I was worth anything, worth anything at all, Surely someone would have come for me. And though I'm all alone, I know there are many. I've seen too many come and disappear. Maybe they're the lucky ones. I don't think that uh, you need any prompting to want to set that girl free. And several thousand like her that the most dedicated, committed relief workers and missionaries have found by literally moving in to the very pit of hell to rescue the perishing and care for the dying, to snatch them in love and pity from the snare and from the grave. That's literally what these mission workers are doing. But here's the thing, we are the enablers. See, the predators that take them and put them in bondage enable people to prey on them and use them and they get the money and other people, quote, supposedly satisfy their unquenchable desires in unfathomable fashion and the horror of their life, but they can be free. And they can be free because of someone like you who connects with another member, Betty, of the body of Christ, like this part of the arm with this part, so that the hand of God, the body of Christ, functions effectively to rescue them. Now, these mission workers are incomplete without us giving them the resources to care for them. They can get them out. We, with your help, have built places to restore them, homes. Would you right now enable us to literally reach out and rescue a target number of over 5,000 that we have found? When I say we, that's the mission workers. That's the relief workers that are right there on the scene, right there in the midst of the pain and the suffering. Here's the average cost, $128 to rescue them, to restore them for a year, to begin training them so that they can have a future. Little children begin educating them. We have many we rescued years ago who have now graduated from college, who are themselves teachers. Some of them themselves are working in the mission outreach as a missionary themselves. It is a program of outreach that works. We are truly rescuing the perishing. This is the last week now we're asking you to help. Would you go to lifetoday.org and take your bank card and use it like a check, please? I pray if you've never made a gift, you'll do it because you'll be giving them freedom. You'll be setting them free. The keys to their freedoms in your, your hand as you connect with the mission workers. Would you do it or would you dial the number and take your bank card and there on the phone say, here's the gift I want to make? Use those cards like a check. 
If you write a check, make it to life, but call us and tell us what you're mailing. We need to know because, like I said, it's the last week. We have some special gifts to send you to bless you. The songs of freedom, these worship and praise songs are going to bless you, and you know you've set people free. We're going to help you see how we can help walk our nation out of the darkness we're in with a book that will help you see that. And the beautiful Thomas Kincaid painting, Forest Chapel. Would you do what God put on your heart? Please do it right now. Just go online or make the call. Thank you during this last week for reaching out with an expression of love and freedom. Thank you for doing it. Innocent children created to be happy, loved, and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved. And you can restore their lives with hope for a future. Your gift today of only $128 will help rescue a child and change their destiny forever. With gifts of $64 or $32, we will combine your support with others to help rescue one more child from the shame and pain of sexual slavery. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Songs of Freedom CD, a collection of 10 uplifting worship songs that are sure to become a favorite for your quiet time, drive time, or personal worship. In addition to the CD, you'll receive Indivisible, a powerful soul-stirring book by James Robison and Jay Richards. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280 to help rescue 10 children, and you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by the painter of light, Thomas Kincaid. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, Betty and I are really praying that you will, if you can, make that $1,280 gift or even more. Get the beautiful painting, The Forest Chapel. I also want to remind you to make your daily site for news, inspiration, know how to pray, and what to do about the challenges we face because we're to soar like eagles on the challenges of the day and the turbulence of the times. Go to stream.org. Go there every day. You're going to be glad you did, and so will a lot of other people. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to Ontario again for being such a tremendous blessing. And visit Potter's house. Yes. And what do you call the website? The, the website is the Potter's house, thepottershouse.org. Okay. And uh, we'd and love... Do you have the Friday night services, yeah, first we, and third first Friday and, night every month, right? Yes, and we also have something amazing coming up that leaders are really going to need to know about leaders and pastors because we need to rise Go up. Go online. Go online and find yes. that because yeah. that's where they get the information. Thank you so much, Ontario. Blessings. Thank all of you for watching. Thank you for helping us rescue lives and restore them. Thank you so much.
Introducing Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org is a new information stream where those concerned about our nation's course can now gather for news, wisdom, and inspiration. Working together, we will see the promise declared in Psalm 46.4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be sure to visit Stream.org, a news site to unite us. What if you saw early on the kind of significance your life was going to have? Spend Wednesdays in the Word with Bible teacher Beth Moore tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.